Hi, welcome to Bisexual Real Talk. My name is Alex Anders and I am a best-selling bisexual romance author. Bisexual Real Talk is a show where each week I talk about the latest developments, studies, and strides made by the bisexual community. Sometimes I'll talk about what's going right, other times I'll talk about what's going wrong. But always you'll feel empowered and like you found the place where you belong. And if this podcast ever sounds like a YouTube channel, that's because it is. You can always check out Bisexual Real Talk on YouTube and join the conversation in the comments section there. Until then, welcome to Bisexual Real Talk, and let's talk about bisexuality. Hi, I'm Alex Anders, and this is Bisexual Real Talk. And this week, I'm going to be talking about yet another member of One Direction, Liam Payne, because this week he released an album and a song, and people are calling it problematic because it fetishizes bisexual women. So I thought, let's talk about this song, let's talk about fetishization, and let's see if fetishization is actually a bad thing. Let's find out. But before I do, I'll mention two things. First of all, if you'd like to get one of my bisexual t-shirts or bisexual socks or bisexual leggings or my new bisexual t-shirt, which I just uploaded this week, and I will be rocking hardcore moving forward, powered by, uh, I will. you can get that for 15% off by using the promo code HOLIDAY15 at Teespring. You can go to the description and see the, holiday, the link there and the code there. Enter that code, get 15% off. Uh, but I'll talk more about that at the end of the video. Also, that at the end of this video, I will be including the audio sample for my one of my latest MMF bisexual romance audiobooks called Island Candy. Last week was Island Candy prequel. This week is Island Candy. It is funny. It is sexy. It's my first of the audiobooks that I'm releasing that is a funny audiobook. Uh, but more about that at the end of the video as well. Until then, let's chat about... Liam Payne's new release called Both Ways. And for those of you who don't know, Liam Payne is a member of One Direction, which is a very famous you know, boy band. Also, last week I talked about Harry Styles. This is Harry Styles' bandmate. This is one of the ones he is not shipped with. Um, and who in the past has gotten some sort of uh, blowback for being anti-LGBTQ. Whether or not that's true or not is another story, but that is the history in which this is all coming about. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to lead, read off some of the lyrics of the song and then afterwards discuss about it, discuss fetishization, discuss whether it's bad, discuss whether it has any effects. So here are the lyrics. The lyrics go, my girl, she likes it both ways. She likes the way it all tastes. Couples more, we'll call it foreplay. No, no, I don't discriminate. Bring it back to my place. Yeah, she likes it both ways. And then the first verse is, girl, I can feel it. Oh, yeah, I can feel what you want. Yeah, like you're different. Yeah, uh, do what you want. I won't judge. I won't judge. And then the refrain goes, loving the way she's turning you on, switching the lanes like a Bugatti sport. Nothing but luck that she got me involved. Yeah, flipping that body. Go head, I go tails. Sharing that body like it's our last meal. One and two and three, that's for real. So the lyrics go on and there are more lyrics, but I think you get the gist of it with what I described here. I think it's very clear from the song that the story he's telling is that his girlfriend is bisexual. She sometimes brings back others. 
she isn't specified, but we will assume that it is a female that she is bringing back and that he feels very lucky to be having sex with not just her, but mostly the other girls, the two, the other girl that he brings back and her. So that's the song in a nutshell. Is this fetishization? Well, let's go to the definition of fetishization first. So the definition of fetishization is to make something the object of a sexual fetish. Okay, well, on its own, that's pretty basic. Is that on its own bad? No, to make something an object of your sexual fetish is not bad. In fact, the sex positive community would say that's a positive thing. So we can say that fetishization on its own is not bad. But the question is, is it because that she is bisexual on its own, is that a bad thing? I think there are certain questions we should ask ourselves, and I'm hoping these questions that Liam Payne asked himself before he released the song. But what are the questions I think are important to ask about this song to determine whether or not this truly is problematic? Well, those questions would be things like, is he saying these things about all bisexual women? Well, no, he's just specifying this to be about his girlfriend in particular. So he's not generalizing, generalizing to all bisexual women. Good. So does he present it as something he forces her to do? Like he's imposing his will on her, making her do these things with other girls. No, in fact, he makes it very clear that this is something that she wants to do and that he feels lucky to be involved with it. Does he expect to be involved? No, he does not expect to be involved. In fact, one of the lyrics that I read was that uh, nothing but luck that she's got me involved. So again, that's, that's, there's nothing wrong there. Does he imply that her only value involves her sexual behavior? I mean, he doesn't imply it, but we'll probably get back to that one a little bit more later. And then the other question is, uh, then why is this fetishization and bad instead of celebrating it as a polyamorous relationship? Because a polyamorous relationship would, if that is what a person strives for and wants, that is a positive thing. And he's describing what is a form of polyamory. And he's describing he's liking it. So isn't it positive that a person who wants to be involved with both a guy and a girl at the same time is in a relationship with a guy who both respects and appreciates that? Yes, it is from a polyamorous perspective. That is a very positive thing. So people are doing a lot of pushback on the song for it being fetishization of bisexual women and saying it's not a good thing. And the question is why? Uh, the question is why? And I think that the difference between someone like Liam Payne, who we assume is not LGBTQ, and for someone within the bise in bisexual community specifically and other you know, letters in the LGBTQ world, uh, to say that this is problematic, there's something that we understand that someone outside of the community does not understand. And that is context. Context is always, always important when talking about things like this. So what someone like Liam Payne would not understand, and a lot of heterosexuals won't understand, and a lot of people who aren't bisexual or female bisexual won't understand, is that the context of, bis of female bisexuality has not been great. 
So for a long time, the general media has only presented female bisexuality as having only one, one piece of value, which is the amount of pleasure they could bring to men. And that's it. So the only value that a bisexual woman has, for a long time there wasn't even a value given to women, but this, this, that's changing. But add that to, okay, well, you're bisexual, and the only thing of value that you have as a bisexual is you know, the fact that you can bring more pleasure to guys is a negative thing, is a problem. It's like saying that the only way, only thing of value to a black dude is the size of his member or the only value that, let's say, since we're in the, you know, male loving male world, uh, there's a category called twinks and there are people who fetishize twinks. So to say that the only value they have is the fact that they are hairless and they they're skinny is problematic. So in all these situations, to say that only one thing is of value is a problem. And having the song in the context of society, where society for a very long time has been saying that the only thing that is of value of a but to a, for when a woman becomes bisexual or, or discovers that she's bisexual is her ability to pleasure, bring more pleasure to men, it leads to negative things. It leads to, to women who look at that and think, wow, that sucks. I want to escape life. Like that's, that's a horrible concept that I have now have to live through. So now maybe I, want, maybe I want to escape life a little bit more. So maybe I want to drink a little bit more. Maybe I want to take a few more drugs. What happens when you drink more and take a few more drugs? You get yourself in situations that you, you, they're not good, which leads to what? Another statistic that bisexual women have to deal with, which is a much, much higher rate of sexual assault. But that is also tied to the fact that bisexual women are more likely to abuse alcohol and abuse drugs than other groups. And add that um, to a higher likelihood of sexual assault and also the fact that you're being told the only thing you have value for is, the, is your ability to bring pleasure to men, that's kind of depressing. So what's another statistic that bisexual women have to struggle through? A higher rate of depression than any other female group. So where it seems like you, like someone like Liam Payne, who's doing a song about the fact that she, he's enjoying the fact that his girlfriend is bisexual, is just another song about how a guy is loving being with a woman. How it, how it seems like that initially, the truth is that when you put it in the context of the fact that the world seems to only appreciate this one thing about bisexual women, and he is reinforcing that stereotype, not only to the world, but even worse, to the tweens and the very young teenage girls who really look up to him and appreciate him because of course a very large percentage of the, of the human population is bisexual which means a very large percentage of his followers are bisexual and he's reinforcing the stereotype the idea that the only thing that he is valuing about his girlfriend is the fact that her bisexuality has the ability to bring him pleasure and he might make the argument, one of you might make the argument, well, you have to see in the whole context of the album. Maybe he says other positive things about his girlfriend, but you can't look at it that way. Pe albums get broken up into individual songs and individual songs get released. So each one is a story on its own. You have to accept it that way. And if the entire story that you're telling is, what I like about my girlfriend is that, you know, I get to have sex with the girls that she brings home. That's why I like her sort of idea. 
then that is a serious problem. No one likes to be thought of as only having one piece of value. Just like Liam Payne wouldn't like it if people were to say to him, you're just like a member of a boy band, so you know what, please, just don't talk about anything else. Just be quiet and just sing and look pretty. That's, that's all you're expected to do. That's all we want you to do, do nothing else. Like that one thing would make him go, oh no, I'm more than just a, like a boy band singer. I have like other thoughts and other feelings. Exactly. Just like when some idiot said that a basketball player should just all shut up and dribble. It's just, it devalues the human being. Like when a person says that a black dude, you know, is really the only thing that they value about that black dude or a black dude is the size of their member or something like that, problematic because it makes, a, it makes the person think, and then that's, that's all they're good for. So the problem necess isn't necessarily that you appreciate these things about a person. You can appreciate that the person, like a part of your being with the person is the fact that they invite other partners into your bed. That is actually, it's great that you found someone you're compatible with. The problem is making the person feel like that is the only value that they have in your eyes. And although Liam Payne may not make his girlfriend feel that way, he presented it to all the young female bisexuals out there in a way that makes it seem that way. So how would one fix this song? Like if he were to not have released this and have, you know, if he would have gotten an advisor to come in and take a look at this, what would the advisor had said to him? If I was that advisor, I would say, you know what? It's okay to say that you like the fact that you're having a polyamorous relationship with your girlfriend. Like that is perfectly fine and within the realms of what an artist should be able to express about themselves. But what should also have happened is that he should have mentioned maybe something else that he appreciates about his girlfriend past the fact that it brings him pleasure to have the fact that she's bisexual and polyamorous. That would have been helpful. And the situations with all fetishization, because fetishization on its own is not necessarily a bad thing. Like, yeah, we all think of things that, are, that bring us sexual pleasure. It's all good. But the problem comes when you express the other person that the only value they have, or at least give them the impression, that the only value they have is that one thing that you are fetishizing. So, yeah. His song absolutely does fetishize bisexual women. And uh, it was an easy problem to fix. Uh, but he didn't fix the problem. But it did not stem from, I don't think, his wanting to be negative or his wanting to put his girlfriend in a bad light. It came from the fact that he doesn't understand context. He doesn't understand the context in which he was releasing the song. This is why, you know, bisexual representation is so important in artistic and in, in the real world. Because unless you are bisexual, unless you are a member of the group that you're talking about, you tend to have no clue what their challenges are and what their experiences are. So there you go. Yes. His song fetishizes bisexual women. Did it probably come out of a negative place? Probably not. Could have been easily fixed? Yes, it could have. Is it bad to fetishize, you know, in your heart, in your feelings, bisexual women? In your heart, no. But to present it to them and make them feel like that is the only thing that you care about and that you give them value for, that's highly problematic. What do you think? Do you agree with my um, assessment here? Is 
fetishization just wrong on all levels that you can't fetishize anything? Or is it just that when you give someone a value of one, then it makes them feel bad and, you know, that's a poor thing. What's your opinion on that? I'd love to hear about it in, this, in the comment section below. We had a great conversation last week about Harry Styles. Let's see if we can have another one about this situation in this song. Now, these t-shirts. Uh, so I'm actually very proud of the shirt I designed this week, Powered By. I did a video a couple weeks ago about being visible um, and how it benefits you and you know why you should do it and how to score it and all that stuff. I don't know if I could wear this shirt, so or I don't know if I'd want to wear this shirt as my walking out and about shirt because it's so big, it's so bold, it makes such a statement that I'm, I don't know if I'm that large type of statement guy. Same thing about my famously bisexual shirt. Like that's a really clear, broad statement. And then the other ones are just kind of like hidden. I think the shirt that I'm going to take that next step with my bisexual visibility evolution is going to be my Powered By shirt. Because first of all, I think it's a great pun. It's a cool pun, um, Powered By. And it just, and also this, you know, the second layer of it is that it's saying that I'm bi and that it's, in, I'm feeling empowered by it. So I will be rocking that shirt, uh, not only to the gym, but I'm gonna be rocking that shirt around. I don't usually wear t-shirts, but that is a shirt I'm going to broaden my comfort, comfortability with presenting myself as bisexual in the public with. And honestly, I think I'm gonna get a lot of compliments from it. I think I'm gonna get a lot of people saying to me, I like that shirt. I think I do, we'll see what happens. But if you'd like to get that shirt or any of my other shirts, you can use the coupon code HOLIDAY15 uh, and get 15% off your purchase. Uh, this will be going on throughout the holidays. And if you order now, you can still get it before Christmas. So if you have a bisexual in your life that you'd like to give a gift to, the socks, the leggings, um, any of the t-shirts, 15% off with the coupon code, link in the description below. Also, uh, the audiobook that's coming up is Island Candy, and I have to say Island Candy has been my bestseller of all time. This is the, my best-selling book, and not just my best-selling book in English, uh, the ebook, but it has been my one of my best-selling books in French, and also one of my best-selling books in German. It's one of my best-selling books. So if you want an example of a you know very best-selling uh, bisexual MMF bisexual romance. This is the one to get. It has humor. It has a lot of sexy scenes. It has twists and turns that you don't see coming. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. It's a full story and one I'm hoping you would enjoy. Right now, when the video is being released, it isn't quite on Amazon, but if you give it a couple of days, it will be up on Amazon. But it is actually up everywhere else, including Google, including iTunes, uh, Kobo, um, basically, everywhere audiobooks are sold, in fact, probably everywhere audiobooks are sold, and also Audible and Amazon probably in three or four days. So please check it out. Um, it's coming up right now, and until then, stay cooler, my bisexual friends. Stay cooler. Bye. And now a sample of Island Candy, an MMF bisexual romance by me. Alex Anders. Joanna exited the canopy of trees and stepped out onto the beach. Though it was winter, it was 80 degrees outside and perfectly sunny. This truly was a magical place touched by the gods. 
Finding a spot only a few feet from the splashing shoreline, she laid out her towel, set her book on the side, and stretched out beside it. Allowing the warmth to seduce her, she gave a thought to what she really should be doing. This wasn't supposed to be a vacation, no matter how much she needed one. She really should be looking for a job and a place to live. She only had a couple hundred dollars, and that was supposed to last her a few weeks. After she paid first and last month's rent, she would barely have enough for food. But that was all stuff that future Joanna had to worry about. This was present Joanna, and present Joanna needed her time in the sun. When five minutes passed, she turned over. Ten minutes after that, she got up, unwrapped her sarong, and then headed to the water. As calm and placid as the beach usually was, it wasn't quite that today. Certainly it wasn't anything that Joanna would have to worry about. It was still quite pleasant but she would have to stand on guard that nothing surprised her from behind. Bobbing up and down, she could stay in rhythm with the waves, and as long as she stayed away from where the waves crested, there was no risk of embarrassment. Wading into the waist-deep water, she looked down at her feet. They were both visible. In fact, the water was so clear that she could spot small fish swimming past her leg. She wondered if she should be nervous about that, but she decided that she could take them in a fight if she had to. She was a lot tougher than many people would have guessed, and certainly a palm-sized fish would rue the day it messed with her. As Joanna considered all the fish that she could fight if she had to, her attention was drawn to the yoga center as the gong indicated the end of class. This was her chance to see if the gorgeous guy was staying at the yoga center or if he was from the mainland. The only way into the yoga center with luggage was by boat, but if you wanted to get there on foot, you had to enter via the beach. That path was steps away from where Joanna laid her towel. Keeping her eyes locked on the path, Joanna bounced in the water. Not noticing the waves getting higher on her body, she suddenly spotted him. Still without his shirt on, he stepped onto the beach about to turn right towards the Paradise Island main resort. Joanna wondered if she should try to get his attention. It wasn't just that he was gorgeous, though he was definitely incredibly hot. He could be a good contact for her. Who better to ask about the local real estate and job market than someone from the island? Finding her courage, Joanna raised her hand and waved. He was passing her quickly and didn't see her. Should I try to call to him? She asked herself. Why the hell not? Excuse me? Joanna beckoned, hoping that she hadn't yelled too loudly. It worked. The gorgeous man stopped and looked at her. Even at this distance, Joanna was mesmerized by his gaze. He had to be the most beautiful man she had ever seen. A smile crept across her face, and she took a step forward out of the water just as, out of nowhere, a wave crested over her head and whipped her off of her feet. In one moment, she had been successfully flirting with a gorgeous guy. In the next, she was breathing in water and tumbling unaware of which way was up. This had to be what it felt like to be in a washing machine, she decided, and not sure if she would ever find the surface again, One of her hands touched the sand. Moments later, she was deposited six feet up the beach near the spot where her towel once laid. Coughing up water, Joanna opened her eyes. Are you all right? The man asked, kneeling over her. Still coughing, it took a moment for her to get her bearings. When she did, she recognized who it was. It was the gorgeous man. He had just watched her nosedive into a wave and get deposited onto the beach like a whale. That could have been the most embarrassing thing that had ever happened to Joanna. That could have been, but it wasn't. 
Miss, are you all right? The man asked again. Catching her breath, Joanna looked up into his face. His eyes really were mesmerizing. She laid staring at him, wondering whether or not he might give her mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. When he didn't make the move towards her lips, she instead decided to answer his question. Was she all right, she wondered. Checking in with her feet and then her legs, she felt fine. Moving up, she felt as though her tummy had been scratched, but it wasn't bad enough to break the skin. Realizing that she hadn't lost a finger or hand, she was about to declare herself fit for duty when she noticed something missing. Where the hell was her bikini top? Because it sure as hell wasn't covering her breasts. You've been listening to a sample of Island Candy. You can get the full audiobook at Audible, Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, Nook Audiobooks, Kobo, and most places audiobooks are sold. But if you'd like to start out with the prequel to this story, you can get it for free by joining the 4,000 others who have signed up for my newsletter. With my newsletter, you'll find out about my new releases as well as being kept up to date with whatever cool projects I have going on. Both links are in the description below. Please check it out and enjoy. If you would like to support the podcast or just pick up some really cool bisexual merchandise, you can check out my bisexual romance audiobooks on iTunes, Audible, and Amazon. I write under the pen name A. Anders. You can also check out my bisexual-themed socks and t-shirts on Teespring and Amazon by searching them for the company name Bisexual Real Talk. But the links for everything are in the description of this podcast. Please support the channel and check it out. Until next time, stay cooler, my bisexual friend. Stay cooler. Bye.